You ever feel taken advantage of? You ever feel like you didn't really get the best deal? I'll tell you what, I have been there. Many, many times at the car dealership where I always felt like I was behind and and I wasn't getting the best deal and I couldn't do anything about it. Maybe, you know, you've negotiated some sort of trade for something. Usually it's for monetary value and it just didn't go your way. You kind of felt like you got the short end of the stick, right? And they walked away with some great deal. Well, this is something that just drove me crazy for a number of years and I did quite a bit of studying on it and applied some of these principles I'm going to share with you on negotiation because negotiation is life. Throughout the day, you negotiate so many things you don't even realize it. From when you leave your house to when you go to bed at night, you probably negotiated a number of times, whether it's in the morning with your spouse or with your kids or with your girlfriend, boyfriend, teacher, that sort of thing. You're always negotiating and it can be difficult and it can be stressful. Some people avoid it altogether. They don't like the confrontation of it. Some people are actually pretty good at it. Um, and so it's a part of life. And I was digging through my notes here. Like, hey, what can I share with with everybody? And I did a full class on negotiation about a year ago. And it was, it was awesome. That was probably two or three hours worth. And, you know, negotiation can go really, really deep. Obviously, when you hear the word negotiation, you're like, oh, wow, there's some kind of high stakes hostage situation. Well, 99.9% of us in America, that is not the case. And most of the people around the world. But um, it could be, you know, it could be. It, it could You could be negotiating for some significant part of your income and in interviews and things like that. And uh, I think it's really important to know. And the five things that I'm going to share with you today are going to help you. They're going to help you feel more confident, uh, help you feel more in control of a situation when you start negotiating with somebody and having that discussion of, of trading something, you know, um, it's super important. So having that confidence when you go into it is, is it, it, it's pretty awesome. I got to say, when you have a skill set and you have tools that you can use effectively with somebody, um, it's pretty neat. So I'm just going to share just a very, very brief, like I said, I got five things I can, I can, you can use when you go home, you can use it with your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and they won't have any idea you're using it. And a lot of it is around uh, gaining their trust and uh, demonstrating empathy, listening, and that sort of thing. So that's what today's talk is going to be on and negotiation. And I think you're really going to get a lot out of this. So buckle up. Here we go. So what's the goal? What is the goal? Really, people have two needs. You know, they want to be understood and they want to be accepted. So think about that. They got two primal urges to be understood and accepted. Um, they need to feel safe and secure, need to feel in control. And how do you get to that place with a person when you start talking about uh, money, things, trading items for items? And because it can be stressful, right? The stress level goes, goes up very, very quickly. Um, I've been there many times where I'm sweating bullets. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to get this thing because of this price. And 
I don't know if it's going to lower it and all that kind of stuff from buying uh, stuff off Craigslist to buying, you know, buying multiple houses in my case. Um, you really want to try to get the best deal. And so the first thing you really have to do in any sort of discussion about money or trading things, and we're calling it negotiation is what it is. Right. And we're not talking about a high stakes negotiation where there's hostages and things like that. Right. This is just daily life negotiations. Um, you got to listen intensely. Closing your mouth and just listening is super, super important. Um, and, it's, and it's hard for us to do. We want to talk, 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 talk. But you want to listen. And you, and you really want to show in that discussion, in that negotiation, show a sincere desire to butter, better, <laughs> butter, better understand what the other side is experiencing, right? So you sit down with somebody, for example, and... And you start talking about, you know, maybe they're gonna, maybe they're gonna buy buy your car uh, for some reason and things like that. Listening to what they have to say, like instead of thinking about what you're gonna say, but just listen intently um, and and, sh- and demonstrate empathy. What does that mean? Well, the person may be buying your car uh, because, uh, you know, because his he got hit by another car on his bike and he needs to get a car and stuff like that, and he's got a broken arm or whatever. You know, demonstrating empathy towards that his situation um, and showing a sincere desire to better understand their side is going to help you out tremendously in any negotiation you get into. So really what I'm talking about is listening and asking a lot of questions. Okay, let them talk. Ask questions until you feel like you've asked every single question. You know, real probing questions is, is really key. And I do this a lot. I'll I'll ask, 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 and I'll just go silent. Silence is another thing we're going to talk about in here, but it's, man, it's, it's so powerful. I will just wait for them to talk. And eventually, the other person will talk. Even though there's five, six seconds of dead silence, I'll just, I'll just be content and stare, stare at them until they, until they talk. Because I want to learn, right? Um, it's, it's really important to, to understand where they're coming from. And that goes right into uh, the second thing, which is uh, preparing. If you have the opportunity to prepare ahead of time, meaning you're getting information about the situation and everybody thinks about the car dealership, you don't want to walk in there, even if you're a master negotiator, without any information about what you're getting into. Spend that extra five or six minutes and get the information you need um, because you you uncover a lot of stuff about what the other person actually needs in the transaction, right? You may find out, wow, they really need $10,000 for that car. Okay. And, and that may have only, it may have only taken you a few minutes to get that. Okay. And then you know where they're at. So uncovering information before you get into the situation is huge. Um, and, that's something that's really should be your sole focus if you can, if you have the time to, uh, and most of you do, right? This isn't like, oh my gosh, there's hostages and you got to show up and negotiate right away. It's just like, oh man, you're, you're, it's difficult. But if you can go into a negotiation with a little bit of background and, and understanding situation or doing some research, awesome, do it. Um, all right. That was number one. Okay, number three. Now, number th- number three is, man, you can use this like 
right when you could pause the podcast after I tell you this trick and go use it on somebody right away. And there's two ways you can use it. You can use it in negotiation, but you can also use it to deflect uh, and and have the other person think that you're listening to them. <laughs> it's it's really really funny to use. And then they this person the person you're using on goes, "Hey, stop doing that to me." All right. And some call this the mirror uh, or the copycat. Um, and it's super effective. When you hear about it, you're like, oh, that's not really going to work. But it does. Okay, so what the mirror or what some people call the copycat is, you're repeating the last critical three words, or it could be a single word, of what someone else has said to you. Okay? The first thing it does, it it creates, it facilitates like a bonding between you. If you don't know this person, um, you know, if they said, hey, we wanted to pick you up at this time in the Cadillac and you say Cadillac like a questioning type of voice okay that that triggers their brain as you're listening and what happens is they will explain themselves a little bit more and go on for a few more sentences probably and you can keep doing this over and over and over Okay, and the key part is, is, is when you repeat those last few words, it could be three, could be two, could be one of what they said, right, is after you say those words, you have at least four seconds of, of silence. Okay, you don't want to jump in, you, you want to, uh, you want to have that silence in there and they'll, they'll break that silence and explain themselves really quickly. And that's, it's pretty cool. Um, um, I've used this uh, many, many times uh, in my life, and I encourage you to use it on girlfriend, boyfriend, that sort of thing. When they're blabbering on about something and they get to end of what they're going to say and you're not really paying attention, you can grab one or two words and you can say, go out to a restaurant. You see that questioning voice that you're hearing? Meet at six o'clock? And then you go silent. And the person... Every single time will kick in. Oh yeah, six o'clock. We were supposed to meet up over here and do this and this with Fred. With Fred? And it sounds so crazy as I'm saying it because you're like, no, that's not going to work. Trust me, it works. If you use that questioning voice, right? And you're asking a question or you could even start the sentence with, I'm sorry, meet at six o'clock? And make sure you're repeating some of the words that they have in there when they're talking to you and then go silent afterwards. And that will, uh, that will make them keep talking and clarify what they're going to say. I use this tactic sometimes when I need space. When I don't know what the heck I'm going to respond with. And, and I'm in some sort of negotiation where I don't know the person. Or we're talking about something that I don't have a lot of knowledge on. And I want to keep them talking so I can try to find some common ground. I'll use a mirror technique to keep them talking without having to ask a question. Because maybe I haven't thought of a question or it threw me off guard. Or they're they're pretty aggressive and they're they're raising their voice and that sort of thing. I'll use the mirror method um, quite a lot. You can use it a lot. People won't catch on that you're actually just repeating the last few words of what they said. It's it's awesome. It works great. Uh, be careful using it on your girlfriend or husband or wife because eventually when they figure out what you're doing, you know they'll they'll, they'll know. They'll start to listen. But it works great on kids as well and things like that. So that's the mirror method. Uh, Negotiation, right? 
Um, next one is uh, is labels. In any sort of negotiation, uh, you want to you want to validate someone's emotions by acknowledging it. Okay. Sometimes negotiation can get emotional. Now, the expert in the negotiator doesn't bring emotion into the conversation, right? Doesn't bring it into it. Now, what he does do is he validates the emotion of the other person. And he uses some key words. It seems like, it sounds like, it looks like. And you pause to let that label sink in. That's why it's called labels, all right? You're validating their emotion by acknowledging. It seems like you're upset. It sounds like you're upset. It looks like you're upset. Okay? And then you go silent and you pause. And guess what? The other party will fill in the silence. Okay? And remember your tone of voice. All right? This is not condescending or anything like that. It's empathy. You're showing empathy and you're listening intently and you have a sincere desire to better understand what they're experiencing right back to my very first point so this is called a label and you're you're labeling somebody's emotion and you're acknowledging it right away somebody's coming at you uh, with a high tone of voice and very emotional hey Kristen it seems like you're very upset it sounds like you're really upset Okay, and that it works wonders because, oh, yeah, you know, Justin, I'm pretty upset right now because of this, this and this. Well, it really looks like this affected you in a really big way. And I'm really sorry about that. Okay, and then go silent. Let them fill in the blanks. Okay, you you should be talking less. So that's a label. I think I think everybody understands that that's a label. You're validating somebody's emotion. Okay, um, it, it works wonders. It really does, uh, and it's hard to do because you get all emotional when somebody comes in and starts yelling and and you know stuff like that. So, um, the last one I'm going to share with you is uh, neutralizing the negative, and I'll, I'll summarize this at the end here. So I know there's a lot of information. Uh, be cool to be able to pass these notes out to you, but neutralizing the negative. What does that mean? Okay. One thing I always learned is bad news should be given all at once. Those of you that string bad news along for a week, that doesn't go too well, does it? Good news can be strung along for quite a while, giving little bits of good news throughout the week to somebody or your staff or whatever. Bad news should not be strung along. And that's what this neutralizing the negative is. Focus on clearing the berries of, of the discussion label the fears to diffuse their power so if somebody's coming in heated because because you were late to work late to class late to your meeting that sort of thing this is just an example the first thing you should do is say hey look i've been i'm super late i'm sorry i am super late okay you observe their reaction without judgment you label what happened or what you know is on their mind, right? Man, they think I'm a total jerk. Hey, I am a jerk. I get it. I was a jerk. I acted poorly in that situation. You label uh, label the negative is what it's called. 
okay, in any situation. Um, and you replace it with a positive and compassionate and solution-based thought, okay? Oh, like I'm super late. No doubt about it, I was wrong. I'm, I'm truly sorry. And I can promise you this is not gonna happen again. Matter of fact, uh, I'm gonna make sure that I'm here 10 minutes early. And you start the, uh, the conversation like that, you're labeling the negative, that diffuses everything. That diffuses all of that other person's power. Okay, Um, because you kind of know what when something's real negative, you know what somebody else is thinking, like why they're upset at you right away. Bring that out and throw it on the table and all that power goes away. Um, So let's let's review this. Okay, negotiating like a pro. Okay, remember, first key, listen intently. You want to demonstrate empathy, Right? Show a sincere desire to better understand what the other side is experiencing. That's huge. Ask questions. Anytime you get in a situation, you want to listen and you want to ask questions. That's going to create some space for you to think. And it's going to show the other side that you truly care. You, you're listening. You're not just thinking about what you're going to say. Okay? Uh, you want to prepare. Right? Anytime you can, you want to prepare ahead of time. You don't just walk into a car dealership and just you know, randomly pick cars because it's not going to go well, well for you. You, you want to try to uncover what the other side actually needs, whether it's money, emotional or otherwise, if you could figure out what they need, wow, you can get them feeling safe really quickly and focus on the other person. Okay. That makes sense. Um, the mirror technique, remember that repeat the last three words or the critical word of what someone has been saying to you, all right? It facilitates a bonding because they they hear in their brain that you're listening to them. But what's the most important part? After you say those critical words, you go silent and you let them pick up the conversation and clarify, right? We gave those examples of, hey, we were gonna pick you up at six o'clock at Ruby Tuesdays. And you say, Ruby Tuesdays? Right? It's a questioning, empathetic voice. And, oh yeah, don't, do you remember? We were, we were going to go to Ruby T- Tuesdays to hang out with uh, Mike and Jill. Mike and Jill? Or something like that. And you can carry that on for quite some time. So that's what you can use right away. That's really critical. It's, it's fun to do. Um, and it works. It may not sound like it, but it does. All right. Um, what's the other one? Oh yeah, labels. Remember, validating somebody's emotion by acknowledging it. Somebody comes in and they're super crazy. They're, you know, seven shades of red because they're so upset. You want to acknowledge what their emotion is. Hey, Kristen, it seems like you're very upset. It sounds like this is really bothering you. It looks like you're really upset. And practice empathy, right? And then pause. Let the other party fill in. Yeah, Justin, I'm really upset about this because of this, 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 and this. And then you can put the mirror in there. Oh, this, right? (laughs) It's just kind of a, it's a really neat circle that you can use with people. And that buys you time to think about it, to be calm, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, The last one was neutralize the negative. Remember that? Focus on clearing the barriers to an argument. Okay, or a discussion. You label the fear and that diffuses their power. Hey, look, I'm really late. I'm such a jerk. I'm really sorry. Okay, you replace with a positive and compassionate solution-based thought. 
Matter of fact, tomorrow, you know what? I'm going to cover your entire shift. I'm really sorry for doing this to you. I'm a total jerk. Don't wait to do that. Remember what I said, bad news is always good. All of it up front. If you have bad news to tell your parents, your boss, your wife, your your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Hey, I got some bad news to tell you. Here it is. Blah. And throw it all up. That always goes better than stringing it out over time. Good news. Hey, sprinkle good news in uh, throughout the week or throughout the day. And everybody likes to hear good news, right? So there it is. I mean, that is just a very small fraction of like a five-page paper. I have a whole PowerPoint presentation on this. Um, I love negotiating. I love, you know, the, uh, you know, just going back and forth with somebody. And it is a game. But you can play it well by using these techniques in there. And most of all, if you just are quiet and listen and ask questions, you know, a little bit empathetic, you could forget everything else and you'll be 10 times further along than anybody else. That's my short 21-minute course on negotiating like a pro, all right? So put these into place. Try that mirror technique. That works really, really well. Um, The labels work well as well. And uh, do that every day and you'll you'll become a pro really, really quick. Um, I might do a part two of this in the future. Let me know if you want to hear part two. Uh, We get into actually uh, going through like a money negotiation, how to set, uh, set target prices and all that kind of uh, fun stuff that you're going to know. This is life skills right here. So anyway, it's been good. Try this out. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment or a review and we'll see you on the flip side.